It's been about six months since I started the Bells and Whistles Theater, which is kind of the creative home of this podcast now. It's where I release all the upcoming episodes, extra scenes, and standalone short stories. I'm working on my second short story now. And if you're curious about how things are going with the podcast, if I will keep podcasting, uh, and if I am able to survive as a creator, I have just published a free episode of my In the Wings Behind the Scenes podcast, where I discuss um, how I feel about the Bells and Whistles Theater in the Lesbian Romantic Podcast and its future right now. So if that interests you, go to patreon.com slash lesbianromantic and sign up for free, and you'll have access to that um, episode of my behind-the-scenes podcast. All right, let's get to this episode. Boom, 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 let's record part 17 of Connection Revealed. Ba-bum, ba-bum, ba-bum. Right, singing is not one of my fortes. Speaking of which, I got this amazing song from a listener who wrote this song based on Raven's perspective in Worth the Risk. And I love it. I love it so much. I want to share it with you. I posted it on the website. Um, you can find it on the extra page or on the Worth the Risk page. And you know what? I'll put a, put a link in the show notes as well, directly to the YouTube um, video. So yeah, go check it out. I loved it. And I think you will too. Welcome to the Lesbian Romantic Podcast. This is Connection Revealed, Part 17. September 21st, 2063. San Francisco, Fire Blue Territory, North American Province. 8.15, local time. Jade noticed the birds first. She relished the sweet melody for a while, feeling at ease. Although she couldn't remember setting her alarm clock to birdsong, she was delighted that she had done so. It was a wonderful way to start her day. She groaned in contentment as she stretched her legs, feeling the lingering heaviness of deep sleep in her head. Opening her eyes wouldn't be easy, and she wasn't willing to try, not while she was enjoying this moment of comfort. I wonder where they recorded these birds, Jade thought. It was hard to find a forest big enough for a large bird population to find enough food and water. Although such forests still existed, none of them were anywhere close to where Jade lived. Her entire life had revolved around the desert, Maybe one day, she'd see one of the remaining forests in the world. It was always good for a scientist to observe many different habitats. During her training, Jade had studied several ecosystems, of course. But seeing them firsthand was an entirely distinct experience. With a deep sigh, she realized it was time to snap out of her slumber and start the day. As she attempted to open her eyes... She sensed how heavy they felt. 
After she tried unsuccessfully again and again, she became anxious. Keep trying, a voice said, startling Jade. She had assumed she was at home. No one was supposed to be with her. Now her heart really started thumping in her chest. Instinctively, she covered her face with her arms, hiding from whoever was near her. This required a great deal of effort. That's good, the voice said. You can move your arms. What? Jade asked, her voice so faint that it was barely audible. Try to move your fingers again. Jade now realized the voice sounded familiar. Her heart slowed down a little, even though she was unsure of what was happening to her. Just moments before, she had been floating on a soft, fluffy cloud. Now, she felt trapped within that same cloud. Very good, the woman said. Try opening one eye. The thought of having only one eye caused Jade to giggle. <laughs> or so she thought. She wasn't sure if she had actually giggled or had imagined it. The sense of amusement quickly faded, causing her to open both of her eyes wide. A blonde figure leaned over Jade. Very good. Hey there. Jade's mind spun in confusion as she gazed into the woman's striking blue eyes, resembling a clear summer sky. Jade couldn't recall who the woman was, although she felt as though she should recognize her. Do you recognize me? The woman asked as if reading Jade's mind. Try saying yes or no. Jade involuntarily blurted out a loud no. She blinked a few times. The woman smiled. I'm Becker. You probably don't like me. Remember that? This triggered something in Jade's mind. Her mood lifted instantly. Michelle, you're that commander, she said proudly. I remember now. A blush spread across Becker's neck as she nodded. Yes, Michelle, try sitting up. Jade's grin grew wider, although she couldn't explain why. She kept going back and forth between a sense of acute panic and an almost silly feeling of happiness, as if she were sitting on a swing. What was wrong with her? She wondered. What had happened to her? Becker guessed what she was thinking again. They drugged us. You'll be okay soon. Frowning, Jade pushed herself up on an elbow, feeling dizzy. She closed her eyes and waited for it to subside. Good. You'll be back to normal soon. Jade now opened one eye. Are you? She asked. Becker appeared puzzled, which made Jade feel like giggling again but she now understood that it must be because of the drugs. Jade didn't like the idea of someone tampering with her mind. She cleared her throat and straightened up. Are you back to normal? She clarified with some effort. Oh, almost, Becker said, placing a warm hand on Jade's back. You're going to be fine soon. Try moving your legs. Jade took in her surroundings. She had to turn her head slowly or risk making the dizziness worse. The room was small and constructed mostly of wood, resembling a cabin from old movies. There was only one window through which the room was illuminated with orange light. Where are we? She asked, focusing on the birdsong again. Becker's expression darkened. 
rebel territory. They kidnapped us. Jade locked eyes with the commander, frowning. She tried to process the information, but it felt like important pieces were missing. Closing her eyes again, she tried to retrieve more memories. We were in the desert, she finally said, nodding to herself. Yes, Lucas drugged us in the pod, Becker replied. Jade's eyes widened. The storm! She turned her head towards the window, noticing how warm the light was. <laughs> we got away from it, she sighed in relief. We're safe. We are far from safe, Becker said, withdrawing her hand. Those birds are real? Jade asked as she tried to stand up despite the heaviness in her legs. Becker grabbed her arm. Careful there. Jade stumbled towards the window with a smile on her face. Becker followed closely behind. Finally, Jade reached the window and placed her hand on the wooden windowsill, gazing outside. The scenery was filled with shades of green and orange. A big brown bird flew by. Whoa, she said, touching the glass. They locked us up. We need to figure out how we can get out of here, Becker said. Jade ignored Becker's comment, still absorbed in the lush colors of this new world. A world she had only glimpsed in videos and pictures. All the panic inside her had subsided, and she felt her limbs growing lighter. Jade did not want to get out of here anytime soon. September 21st, 2063. San Francisco. Fire Blue Territory. North American Province. 9.15 p.m. Local Time. Louise gazed at her reflection in the mirror, noticing the dark circles under her eyes had deepened. She leaned in closer and ran her fingers over the delicate skin, which seemed more wrinkled than before. Getting old, she thought and sighed. Today was one of those days where a single day's worth of stress had aged her more than it should have. Her team had arrived safely at a safe house in Fire Blue territory earlier that day, but she had spent the rest of the day waiting to hear from Elle. Unfortunately, there had been no word. The team also hadn't asked for new instructions. They hadn't clarified what safe house they had gone to. They'd said they would check in as soon as they had something new to report. In other words, someone else than Louise was still in charge. Elle was still in charge. Louise stepped back from the mirror, tired of examining her own fatigued face. She turned off the bathroom light and walked towards the bedroom. She had returned to the residence about an hour ago, hoping to find Elle here, but Elle was not at home. Louise hadn't asked the presidential security detail about Elle's whereabouts. She knew that they wouldn't disclose anything. Instead, she had gone for a walk with Stucky, hoping that it would help calm her mind. After an entire day of no communication from Elle, Louise was once again feeling left out and humiliated. Her girlfriend had taken charge of her team 
the only team she had, without any explanation whatsoever. The walk had been somewhat helpful. Stucky's playful mood had infected Louise, making it impossible for her to stay grumpy. Throwing large sticks for him to fetch had helped to release some of her pent-up frustration. By the time Louise walked back into the residence, she was hopeful to find Elle. She wanted to talk to her so badly. She wanted Elle to pull her into her arms and explain everything. All she wanted was for things to make sense again. But Elle still hadn't come home. That's when Louise's headache had started. She couldn't recall the last time she had had one this bad. So Louise had made her way up to their room. She undressed and prepared for bed, even though it was still early. She didn't know what else to do, and the headache was becoming unbearable. Closing the curtains and resting seemed to be the only way to prevent it from worsening. She slowly lowered herself onto the bed. As soon as her head touched the pillow, tears started streaming down her face. She knew crying would make the pain worse, but she couldn't help it. She pulled the sheets over her head, trying to find some comfort. Louise couldn't recall how long she had been lying there when she felt the mattress move beneath her. It caused her to roll towards the edge, and the sheet slid down, revealing Elle's beautiful face. Louise blinked, realizing that her eyes were dry. She must have fallen asleep at some point. Hey, baby, Elle whispered. Hey, Louise croaked. Her body tensed as a rush of emotions flooded her brain. Anger, frustration, disappointment, and humiliation all mixed with the desperate longing to be close to Elle again. Elle leaned over and stroked Louise's cheek. I'm so sorry. Louise frowned. She hadn't expected Elle to apologize. What for? She asked cautiously. Leaving you behind this morning. Elle said as she entwined her fingers with Louise's, for not letting you know that your team was okay. For being so distracted lately. Louise's eyebrows lifted in surprise. Elle's words were making it difficult for her to hold on to her anger, but she still felt entitled to it. Today had been a day of loneliness and abandonment like she had never experienced before. Why? she asked angrily. Elle looked down at their hands. Louise was tempted to withdraw. For a second, she felt like Elle didn't deserve the comfort of holding hands. But she reminded herself that she didn't want to punish the woman she loved. Your team spotted two global coalition scientists near the border, Elle started to explain hesitantly. Louise took in a deep breath. She already knew this. They were able to identify them through their chips, Elle continued. Both of their numbers were on the list we obtained in that hack a few years back. Louise was intrigued now. She had assisted in the development of the long-range scanners that were capable of detecting global coalition health monitoring chips. During testing, her old chip had been used to test the system. 
the flagged scientist, Elle said, clearing her throat. She's high value. We've been trying to convince her to join us for a few years. Louise was again surprised by this information. Elle was breaking a number of rules just by sharing this, and she looked visibly nervous about it. Louise appreciated the gesture of trust. I went to meet her myself, Elle added. What? Louise asked, eyes wide. You are at the border today? Elle nodded. It's dangerous out there, Louise said, panic building in her chest. Especially for you. What if the Global Coalition Army had found out? They could have arrested you. I know, Elle whispered, but I made it back safely. She squeezed Louise's hand. Louise continued to stare at Elle, her lips slightly parted in disbelief. She couldn't fathom the level of danger Elle had put herself in while she had been lost in her own self-centered thoughts at her desk. Their gazes locked, and Louise forgot all about her anger and disappointment. All she wanted and needed was to feel Elle close by. In an impulse, she cupped Elle's head and kissed her passionately. Elle's clothes soon lay thrown across the floor of the bedroom. This was part 17 of Connection Revealed. All right, time to thank you. Thank you, Vera. Thank you, Sally. Thank you, DH. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Shiro Leaf. Thank you, Jamie. Merci, Prabot. Thank you, Ross. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you, Theodati. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Ton. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Daisy. Thank you, Pew. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Jean. Merci, Carnet. Thank you, Frau Kokus. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Giovanna. Merci, Kelsey. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, T. Thank you, Canadian Cat. Thank you, T. Lynn. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, Carrie Ann. Merci, Noelie. Thank you, Huggins. Thank you, Reese. Thank you, Lore. Thank you, Kira. Thank you, Issa. Or Issa. Let me know. If you hear this, let me know what is the, the right pronunciation. <laughs> Thank you, Shelly. Thank you, Carissa. Thank you, Hope. Thank you, Siem. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Abigail. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Fawn. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Johannes. Thank you, Belinda. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Zadist. Thank you, Sydney. Thank you, XX Blue Hoodie XX. Thank you, Greta. Thank you, A. Thank you, Charlotte. Merci, Jasmine. Thank you, Grizel. Thank you, Juice Spray. Thank you, Helene. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Denisa. Thank you, Daisy. Dicke merci, Rosie. Thank you, Sheen Ariel. Merci, Melisandre. Thank you, Madison. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank you, Becky. Thank you, Peeby. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, Irene. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Erica. Merci, Ray. Thank you, Antonia. Thank you, Sandy. 
Thank you, Nairi. Thank you, Reed. Thank you, Trinda. Thank you, Bella. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Charlie is a good boy. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Kat. Thank you, Sven. Thank you, Carla. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you, Brie. Thank you, Matthias. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, The Dash. Thank you, Ariana. Thank you, M. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, Marie-Hélène. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Annie. Thank you, Amber. Thank you, Delisa. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Shirley. And thank you, Chicken Nipples. All right. I'm keeping it very short because I'm recording this surrounded by moving boxes. Um, This will be the last... No, actually, the next episode, part 18, will be the last episode recorded in Ghent, in this pillow fort. And then I'm packing it up and moving to Bruges. All right, so I've got lots and lots to do. But thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for spending time with me. It's always a privilege. And I will see you soon from Bruges. Bye.